Well, I'm delighted, not to mention incredulous, to find myself welcoming you back to our meticulous inaugural blither about Disney's Frozen yet again. But this is, yes, the final chunk of our extensive chat on that hallowed subject. The anticipation is palpable. Not yours, I mean ours. We are at this point extremely invested in getting to the end of this nonsense, and the chirpy enthusiasm with which we entered into it degenerated into a sort of weary frustration by the time of our previous episode, but with the end finally in sight, we perk right up again for this one. In the sprint towards the grand finale and its less grand comedown, the bewildering love triangle twists suddenly into a whole new thing, a beautiful sacrifice is noped out of the window not for the first time in Disney's history, Elsa casts a mystery story-ending spell, and we all cheer for the villain's defeat, even if we don't know he's a villain, which is weird. Then, finally, we admit the film's actually good after all, and prepare for its future. This is Serious Disney, he's Jahan Ranasing, I'm Dave Bulmer, and we're a pair of cartoon-watching grown-ups. You'll be hearing from us again after all this is done, but for now the podcast still has a fair way to go, so let's let it go. Okay, how much more of the film do we have left? Another 40 minutes. Yeah, but we're not, we don't have that much to say about it. Elsa's fight scene, let's skip there, that's okay. my next note. To alleviate some of the disgust and disdain the world has for me after my troll rant, <laughs> I'm going to say I thought this bit was really cool. It was really cool. Yes, it was really cool. And this is what I was talking about with Wesselton earlier. I like the detail that the big snow monster does attack the two guys yeah. from Wesselton. He attacks them personally, he throws them against a wall, he hurts them. Doesn't appear to incite any big change in their resolve or anything, but it does mean that they now have like their own reason to believe Elsa is on the attack. Yeah. At this point, yeah. the people of Wesselton are being quite reasonable, I think. They are, yeah. <laughs> he was attacked yeah. by an ice sorceress. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he has a weird dance at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that is forgotten. I liked the bit where Hans, who we still think is cool, goes up the ice steps a little way and the snow monster knocks him off them and then there's just a bit of camera trickery so that for a split second we don't know that he hasn't fallen to his death. The camera goes with the motion and then you see the snow monster go down and then it pans back up and he's still on the steps. Yes, yeah. That's, that's well directed. That's a nice little bit. Yeah. So here, I've made this note here. I remember at this point at the cinema being genuinely baffled as to how they were going to resolve this love triangle I was worried that the men and women were just going to be distributed evenly to one another yeah and that you would end up with hands going with one sister and Kristoff with the other yeah then we get the moment where there's a lot of speculation over this in the ice fight it's cool that all the shooty shoots are going on there's yeah. the ice stuff going on hands goes don't be the monster they think you are and she goes Ooh, ice okay, to then. see you <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I'm uh, remembering that right that's correct yes <laughs> and then <laughs> Let's kick some ice, she says. She says that. That's what she says as she's shooting the first one at them. And then, this is where the, the speculation... Chill. Shut up! <laughs> this, is where, this is where the speculation comes in. Because there's one guy aiming a shot to yeah. get her. Yeah. Hands goes, no, don't, I'm a hero. Yeah. And he knocks the person's arm yeah. upwards and it hits the chandelier, yes. which goes down and could have killed her. And there's yeah. a lot of speculation at the time about whether that was him trying to finish her off but look good in the process so that he can then go and be the king. Um, yeah. And the main piece of evidence that people gave for this was that he glances up at the chandelier first. Yeah. He glances up, then goes, then aims deliberately at it. And sure yeah. enough, he does. He definitely does that. Yeah. Um... You, you can argue either way. I suspect that's deliberate. At that point, though, he doesn't necessarily have to be evil to be doing that. No, I, again, I guess not. It's a bit much to want to kill someone with a chandelier. I think the reason um, 
But she, we're at the point that he runs in. She is on the cusp of impaling two people on yes, bicycles. Yes, but the difference is, it would be reasonable for him to attack her. Yeah. The difference is that someone else was about to, and he sabotages that to attack her. So the only explanation for that that's reasonable is that he wants to make it look like he tried to help her, but actually attack her. Yeah. That is the theory. And Well, I mean, it makes sense. I have no position on it, basically. It does make sense. and yeah. it make, Actually, it makes less sense if it isn't the case, but enough for it to be. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still not sure, because Hans does actually seem keen on getting her to come back and bring back Summer when he talks to her in the next scene, when she's in the cell. He's like, bring back Summer, go on. Yeah, I mean, maybe, me yeah, maybe he's actually, he, he probably does actually want her to do that. Yeah. Because even if he is going to evilly take over the kingdom, he probably doesn't want it to be an eternal winter. Yeah. Because, you know, it's crap. Exactly. Uh, then we get to another one of the points which uh, fed into what we were talking about yesterday. Here's another one of those scenes that will make more sense when it's on stage. Yeah. Another one of those moments of going back and forth to different places. We've already been to the Ice Palace, which in any other film you would only visit once and it'd be yeah. amazing. We've been away from it, we've been back to... Like, Anna, not just our camera, but Anna has been to it, then away, then back. Yeah. Here we have Kristoff coming to Arendelle again then going away, then coming back. Yeah. Because at this point, Christoph arrives at the door and the door is closed in his face. He brings Anna back, the door is closed on his face yeah. as she is taken to the castle to meet Hans. Given that every door in this film is important, I guess this is meant to like make us feel extra weird about the fact that he's now shut out of the castle yeah, the point yeah. of the story. But honestly, I was The door of love is closed. Yeah. But I, yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. love is an open door. Exactly, that is what it is. But I remember at this point, like I was feeling weird now. That, the door closing, I think that's the moment where I was like, what's happening with them? What is going to be the relationship here? This was where the fact that I was an adult was detrimental to my enjoyment of the film. And if I'd been a kid, I would just watch the film. Yeah. The things would have happened and I've gone, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Or like, that was great. But as an adult, doing that silly thing we do of demanding to know ahead of time what happens and trying to be clever enough to figure it out. Yeah. I was there going, come on, what is happening with these relationships? And I don't like yeah. it when reviewers who hate films I like act the way I'm acting now. Like, come on, what's this supposed to be? And I'm there going, it resolves later. Yeah. So I don't want to be that. Well, I think the reason that you're uncomfortable here is because you're consciously aware of the fact that it's like, there are numerous ways in which this can resolve that would be awful. Yeah. You know, it's more of a case of like, oh, I'm impatient to find out what this is before ahead of time. It's more of the sense like, I think you're heading towards mm. a cliff here. Yeah. And like, maybe you're going to thrillingly turn before the cliff and it'll be really exciting. But yeah. maybe you'll just go straight off the freaking cliff. Uh, ideas that I had was, is Elsa going to end up with Kristoff? She's never met him, but yeah. is, it's, a, it's a Disney film, and they're setting him up for wanting to be in love with someone. You know, it was yeah. the closest I could come to a resolution, and yeah. that would have been dreadful. He, he likes ice, right? Yeah, exactly! <laughs> uh, do you know what? That actually, now I'm convinced. That's fine now. They should have done that. <laughs> um, it's like, I hear you like ice. Yeah. When, uh, when Anna turns to ice at the end, he should have gone like, cool, I like that. <laughs> Even better. I'm into this. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that that bit where he sees her palace and he's like, now that's what I call ice. It should have called back to that line. <laughs> now that's some ice. Then he could have said ice to see you. Yes. That could have been like the recurring line. Yeah. God, this version They've is They've ruined better. this film. <laughs> <laughs> or, and this was the other thing playing in my mind, are they going to kill one of them? Yeah. And remember, at this point, Hans was a straight up good guy and one of the best good guys they've ever had. Yeah. Are they going to kill one of them? Which one? 
one. Yeah. And, and if it's the one, if one dies and Anna ends up with the one that didn't die, that's gonna feel weird because that's <laughs> gonna make the death feel like a sacrifice. Yeah. For her. Yeah. And it's undoubtedly gonna turn out to be that, and she's gonna like shack up with the remaining guy. <laughs> yeah. Hi, editor Dave here again. Uh, just interjecting to say that I've since realised that part of what made me think this was that Fixer Upper has a line that goes, "Get the fiance out of the way, and the whole thing will be fixed." So, you know, this wasn't entirely the product of my deranged imagination. There was actually a reason that the film got me thinking this stuff. Okay, back to podcast Dave, starting for our now. Whatever happens here, I'm going like, what is this going to be? Yeah. And so, honestly, let, allow this to stand as the highest possible praise. Because they totally had me fooled. Yeah. What they came up with was a, a resolution I loved. Not in all its facets, but yeah. like the thing they were building to, the thing with Anna and Elsa. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes, and it is. And great. So yeah. I guess great. But I really had to go through the ringer. No, I agree. I agree with that. And like, I feel like I was probably thinking the same sorts of thing at the time as well. Where are we up to? Are we up to the turn yet? About to be, yeah. Yeah, just the scene where Hans shows his true colours. It's a really effective shock. Oh, yeah. Really, really effective. Yeah. But as I've said before, the reason that it's so effective is because they give you nothing whatsoever. There is nothing in the film prior to that to give you any indication. And yeah, okay, there are fan theories about... Oh, you know, well, you just said about, like, knocking the chandelier down on purpose. Oh, or, yeah, okay, yeah. Or that or maybe he was really in control of his horse when he knocked over yeah. Anna or whatever. It's like, but those are the straws that you have to clutch at. Yeah, those are tiny details you cannot see the first time. No matter what. And frankly, <clears throat> might not even yeah. be yeah. details that foreshadow. Yeah, there's only a couple that I think actually are. I will argue that the uh, a place of my own indicating Arendelle. I think yeah. that probably is one. Yeah. And I think it definitely is one when she says, like, will we live here? Yeah. And he goes, absolutely, we'll live here in your palace, in your kingdom. And I think they've said, like, the idea is that Hans' behaviour is, he mirrors back what the people who he's talking to give him. Oh. So when he's with Anna, he's goofy and friendly. When he's with the Duke and the Duke is being arsy and confrontational, Hans is arsy and confrontational. Oh. When Elsa is being serious and solemn, Hans is being serious Wait, and though, because that's like a really good depiction of a psychopath, isn't it? It is. It is a good depiction of a psychopath, yes. But the thing is, it's also a good depiction of someone who's just got good social skills. Well, yeah. That's the problem with psychopaths. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. His turn is a turn into utter psychopathy. Yeah. Utter, utter, like, this guy is a lizard wearing human skin. Yeah. Like, the human skin of someone he murdered and skinned. <laughs> like, that is how evil this guy is. He is someone who has learned all of the ways in which humans interact with each other so he can use them. Yeah. This is the worst person in the world. He is terrifying. He's horrible. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I can't wait to see how the film... <laughs> Like, executes <laughs> on the fact that they've got this absolutely monstrous figure in their cast now. Yeah. And it totally doesn't. Yeah. It totally, totally doesn't. They just say, you go there, and he goes there. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as I say, at the end, they may as well have wagged their finger at him. Yeah. Oh, Hans. Yeah. Oh, Hans, you tricked me. You made me think I wanted to marry you. But actually, you're a murder psycho. And you're a lizard wearing human skin. Uh, and you tried to murder my entire family. Well, let's oh, get, you. Let's get to that in a minute. Because I've <laughs> definitely got a note from when this is... Like, he's defeated, as it were. Yes. So. So we have the turn. Which is a great scene. It's a good scene. And by the way, uh, people pointed out something I didn't notice the first time, which is that he is wearing gloves. 
Yeah. And it seemed at first to be a bit of a reach that that's a symbolic thing, but no, because it's very clearly pointed out earlier in the film that gloves are something to watch out for here. A glove is being put on Elsa when the phrase conceal don't feel is first said. She throws it off dramatically and let it go as everyone knows and has seen. And there's all the stuff about her. The the gloves are always how she conceals herself. Here is a man who is always concealing himself and he's always wearing gloves. Yep. Good move. Good, good. Good move. I can't remember if he takes them. I think he takes them off in the twist scene. Yes, because then he puts out the candle. Yes, yes, yes. That's great. First he closes the curtains, then he puts out the candles, then he douses the fire. Just as he's talking, he just idly puts it out with a jug of water. He's doing everything he can to plunge her world into darkness and cold. Yeah. The darkness being more symbolic than anything, and and also, I guess, so nobody can see her, I don't know, but the cold, she will die. She's going to die anyway, but he's just helping. Well, that's it, yeah. He's making sure he's he's trying to kill her There is no warmth here. Yeah. She will be killed as quickly as possible. Yeah. Great little detail there. I mean, it's not so much a detail, so much as it is the entire purpose of the staging of the scene, right? Well, oh, it's the entire purpose of the staging of the scene, but I feel like it's easy to look past when what you're... You're you're just reeling against the shock and hearing him talk. That's true, yeah. He's not like... And now you won't get any warm-up. Yeah, they don't sort of overplay that, but it's yeah. like... No, it's a great... It's it, really good. It's a really good scene. It's really good. There's There are really good bits all the way through this. It's just, fix her up or puts you on the wrong foot, and you just... I feel so critical after that point, you know? Yeah. Like I say, though, I mean, for me, it's an issue where it's a great twist, <clears> but <throat> I feel like the thing that the film twists away ultimately kind of damages it mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, a sort of a good counterpoint example is, again... Marginally relevant. Iron Man 3. Ah, uh, yes. Um, The twist with the villain in that. Uh-huh. I won't spoil it too much in case someone's not seen sure. Iron Man 3 and yeah. wants to see it. It's pretty good. Go and see it if you want. Yeah, all right. Don't pause the podcast no, for Iron Man don't, 3. No, don't, you no. Know, I'm don't not going to put this in the liner notes. It's not necessary. No, no. Don't watch it if you want. It's fun. If you want. It's, yeah. it's fine. But there's a great twist with the villain there. The villain is presented as one thing and then turns out to be a different thing. Mm-hmm. My problem was what the villain is initially presented as I thought was fascinating really? and really effective. And I was like, wow, can't right. wait to see what happens with this. Then you get the twist and it's like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. So what have you got? So that thing that I thought was the villain isn't the villain. What is the villain? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, right. That. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's like infinitely less interesting than the thing you twisted away. Right. And I have a similar issue with Frozen. You know, I'm not sure what the film loses is worth the twist. Okay, yeah. Whereas I quite liked it, I see it on a fairly surface level, I think. I, I just sort of, the twist comes and I'm like, ooh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that worked on me. Something about how effective Hans was made that exciting for me. And I think I think basically we just approach it from a different position. That I think that the fact that there's no clue makes for an interesting thing as opposed to a failure of twist. Or well, honestly, I wouldn't have felt the same thing. If Hans had then been as great a villain after the twist as yes. he had appeared in that twist scene. Very good point, yeah. There is a moment in a minute where he seems like he's going to be, but yeah. that is the moment. I don't think I've got a note for it, so we'll just say it now. When he immediately goes out of this room, tells yeah. everyone that not only has she died, but that she married him. Yeah. They said their wedding vows. Uh, what I really like about that scene is that he does, again, seem sincere. He doesn't seem like a character being portrayed as acting. Yeah. Even though now we know that he is. Yeah. So now we know that he what yeah. that he's an amazing actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um 
So I like that scene. I like in that scene the fact that the Duke of Wesselton goes immediately to his aid. He's all sympathy. He's all shock. Yeah. Like, what? She killed the Queen? I have a lot of sympathy for the Duke in that scene. Well, at that point, it's okay to not think of him as the villain anymore. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's... They're okay. It just lets you off the hook there and lets you go like, okay, now he's not the villain of the piece. Yeah. So he was, again, another red herring. Yeah, he was. Setting up for these two twists, essentially, that they have. Yeah. It's a film that has a lot of red herrings in it. It's just my my issue with them is that I don't necessarily feel like they all earn their place no, beyond the just being red herrings. That's exactly the problem. So, Olaf. After Tangled, there was a lot of people posting online that Tangled should have ended with Eugene's death and those people were black-hearted, terrible people. Yeah. Prob- I thought you were going to say terrorists. And <laughs> you're probably right. They were probably terrorists. So it's trying difficult. to sow discord in society. It's difficult for me to read the next sentence in my notes, which is, and I am now one of them. Um, <laughs> but now I'm like them because I cannot shake the thought that Olaf should have died here. I'm, yeah. not, I, I'm not saying I want him to have died here. I'm not saying I want him dead. I'm not saying I dislike him. I love yeah. him. I mean that when he comes into the room and sees the fire and you can tell he's here to relight that fire. Yeah. I don't think I'm in some way bringing my own expectations into this by just thinking that this is the cue for him to go so far to warm up Anna that he will end up melting in the process. Yeah. I don't want that. I'm saying it seems to be that. Yeah. And so when it isn't that, what you feel like you've come away with is a lesser version of the scene that was happening. Yep. 100%. 100%. Like, it would have been the logical conclusion of his character arc yes. and given it some purpose and and at the end when Elsa at the end conjures up my own personal flurry yeah he, she makes a cloud to keep him alive yeah why didn't she rebuild him then yeah because it would have been the same gesture it almost feels like that is what it was and yeah. they just did it in post the animation yeah. on Elsa would be identical yeah do you know what I mean it's just it's a cop out it's just a yeah. cop out it's like yeah it would have been sad but then you'd love the character more for that oh and then you'll have come back anyway. There is a moment like it. I'm not, I don't want to spoil any film. There is a moment in another Disney film that I don't want to spoil in case anyone hasn't seen it. Yeah. Where a similar character does die at this point, roughly. Yeah. For an example moment of where you did do a fake out ending and then bring the character back later and it still had the same impact. <laughs> Yes. That was good. I liked the fact that we were led to believe was gone for a while. Yeah. Because you still got that kind of emotional catharsis from the scene. Yeah. But then he comes back later. Actually, the fact that you brought that up is good for this as well. Because if I just edit out the names of what the films are, they will now know there are two films and in one someone survives and in one someone doesn't. And they'll not know which one it is until they reach the end of the film. Exactly. So it's like an anti-spoiler spoiler, as it were. Yes. Let's say, though, that we're just misinterpreting the meaning of the film, we're just bringing our own thing to it. Let's say we're not taking it on its own terms. Let's actually look at what happens here. If you've been watching the film never expecting ahead what will happen, and you're just taking it at its own pace... So not us. Yeah, so you're only seeing what is happening in the moment right now. Yeah. Then this is the point at which Olaf resolves as the only person in this film who is in touch with what love is. Yeah. And we realise that that goes back to the fact that he was first created by the two sisters back in the days when their relationship was perfect. Yeah. So suddenly, if you don't know what's coming, suddenly his position in the film makes sense. Yeah. He's not just a wacky sidekick stroke merchandise mascot. He's, he's He's the most honest person in the room. He has the warmest heart. 
He's the avatar of the love they have to re-establish to fix all this. Yeah. But with him here, embodying that love, yeah. theoretically, Anna could be cured by him. Yeah. There he is looking at the fire. Yeah. The film, with all of film tricks, tells us he's going to interact with this fire. Here is his moment. Yeah. The song established he wants to be near warmth. Yeah. Here's a fire, the rekindling of which may be the vital thing that keeps our main character alive. Yeah. The music swells a little bit again, as if to say this is what's going to happen. And she says, please, Olaf, you can't stay here, you'll melt. Yeah. I don't think it's silly of me to think, there's your act of true love. Yeah. And Olaf's, and I quote, Olaf's line is this, I'm not leaving here until we find some other act of true love to save you. Other meaning other than hands. Yeah. So... There is no resolution to this. Other, that's like a joke in character because he's a jokey character. Yeah. Way of saying, we're looking for an act of true love and I'm going to sit in front of this fire until we find one and I'm a snowman. Yeah. And then he sits in front of the fire and he says to her, do you happen to have any ideas? And it just totally solidifies what's supposed to happen. Yes. I'm not saying I wanted it to happen and I'm not saying I want it to happen now. I'm saying that either it has to happen or we have to have a different scene yeah. or a different in summer song or a yeah. different something. This is not just me being weird and seeing things that aren't there, right? No, it's not. And also, you shouldn't need... I mean, I know that, you know, you like to play the role of a black-hearted monster. Yes. You know, and that's how people see you and that's how, yes. you know, how you've made your reputation. You're yes. the horrible man. I'm the most horrible person. The, the horrible man of the internet. Yes. That's how people see you and it's how you make your business. Yes. But I don't think it makes you a horrible person to... I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> My reputation will be shut. <laughs> I'm going to blow the lid off your entire <laughs> web of lies. I don't think it makes you a horrible person who hates the character for you to be okay with them dying because yeah. they're not a real person. Yeah. There are great characters of literature who we love because of their tragic yes. endings. I don't think it makes you black-hearted to say, like, that character could have been an even greater character had they died at that moment. This and one could. Exactly. We'd still be crying over it now. It would be amazing. I really <laughs> like that character, and I would have loved the character mm. with warmth and yeah. wholeheartedness yeah. if they died. Like the other character who like we were talking other about earlier, yep. who I was okay with yeah. prior to that in that film yeah. and then when they actually died I yeah. was like that's a great character yeah. I love that character I can give you another example that never happened okay this is what was supposed to happen to the big silly doofy dog at the end of Lady and the Tramp Okay. Um, the, uh, do you remember him? The, the the big slow one who keeps saying, my grandpappy always used to <laughs> right, say. Yeah, yeah. Him? He's just silly all the way through. And the running story is that he's like a fuddy-duddy old, he's like an old grandpa character. He's meant yeah. to be old. And they whisper to one another that his sense of smell has gone, but we never mention it. Yeah. And he's always indulged. He always sniffs things out. And they're all like, oh yeah, you've picked up the scent. Yeah, he's, he's old. Ignore, just let him have this. Then something happens. I can't even remember if it happens to Lady or the Tramp, but yeah. something happens. Lady and or the Tramp. Oh, I know. The Tramp gets taken by the pound. Yes. He's going to be executed. Suddenly, it's a chase scene. Yeah. And that dog, in that moment, actually does get his sense of smell back. He does follow the, the trail. Yeah. They chase it down. And they ch what they chase down is the cart that the Tramp is being taken away in yeah. to be executed. And during the scuffle, the old dog is run over and killed. Oh. And... It's in the film. You see it happen. It's it, Everything up to that point is the same. Yeah. And then just they chicken out. And at the end of the film, he comes back and goes, Oh, I've got a broken leg now. Oh. And if he had died, that's one of Disney's most beloved characters of the 50s. 
Yeah, for sure. As it is, I had to explain to you who he was. Yeah. 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 The fact that he's an old man who's ailing, he's got shame that he's ailing and everyone, like, pretends he's not. That would have been an amazingly poignant death. Yeah. But they didn't do it. Do you think that the same rehabilitative effect would have been applied to Gurgi from the Black Cauldron (laughs) if they'd stuck the landing with his death? No, what would have happened then would have been parades. (laughs) Do you know, it, honestly, I hadn't even remembered till you said that, that he does come back to life. I, was, I have the, the wonderful memory of him dying. <laughs> that yeah. would have been cause for celebration yeah. had he remained. No, screw Gurgi. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to the notes on this scene then. In another sense, for the stakes to really work, Olaf needs to go. I don't mean he needs to die. It could be more like... Here's the thing. At the moment, the sisters, ha- they had love. Yes. That love exits them. Yes. It goes into Olaf. Yeah. When they reconnect, Olaf is dead weight. Yeah. It, narratively speaking, it doesn't need to be externalised anymore and it doesn't need a comedy snowman to live inside. Yeah. But I wouldn't have thought about any of that at all if he hadn't done his speech about how the definition of love is putting someone else's needs before yours and saying some people are worth melting for yeah. while standing in front of a fire, which is the resolution of the thing he said he wanted most in life. They could turn it round yeah. and have a line in the song that's echoed here where it's like, no, this is what I'm for. This is what I want the most. And it would have been amazing. And they, they, talk, they have talked outside the film about the idea that they wanted to build to the idea that the ultimate act of true love is, like, self-sacrifice. Yeah. But here's the problem. It would have fixed her. It would have been the act of... Like, if yeah. it just melted and that was not the end of the film, it would have been terrible. So that's why he doesn't melt. That's the... See the problem here? Well, but the thing is, though, they could have tried to engineer a different way in which yes. that did fix her... Yes. And then she sacrifices herself for Elsa in a different way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, that doesn't relate to the ice curse. Yes. And then there you go. I suppose the only problem with it is that if that had happened, our criticism, if assuming the scene was exactly like this, because part of the problem here is that whatever happens, for it to really land, they needed to change the, fun- fundamentally change either the scene or even the story. Yeah. So one version of that, imagine it's the same scene, but Olaf does melt. We would be sitting here going... Why didn't he just walk away from the fire, which was on? Yeah. The fire was fine at this stage. He didn't yeah. need to be there anymore. And that might be all of these reasons. And like, oh, if he melted, that would be the act of true love. That's probably the reason they gave themselves why not to do it. I'm sure they planned to do it at yeah. some point. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure they must have. It's just the way the scene set up. And he should have. Yeah. He should have. And I say that out of love. I do, like, that would have been the best way to express that theme. Now, what is happening in this scene, I do like. I know, don't worry, listeners, I do know, like, what's really happening here. This is the same as Fixer Upper. It's they charming are... you think that anyone is still listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are actually talking about Elsa, right? Yeah. They, or, or not Elsa, but the story with Elsa and what will happen. Yeah. He defines love in terms of sacrifice for others, not because it's what he's going to do. He says it because it's what Anna's going to do. Yes. That's why this is here. This is where we learn that rule to set up for the next scene, which is where it happens. That scene's great. Yeah. So I do get it, and I can absolutely see that when you examine it, particularly when, if you imagine the team making the film, justifying, like, we'll do this and we'll do this. When they examined it, this totally seems perfect and doesn't seem like it needs to change at all. But the first time I saw it, and the second time, although I'll, I'll... take that one as a personal failing if you want it just seems like the film is there's a ton of stuff that's saying it's happening that isn't yeah but it's weird to me that given given that i now forgive the scene in all the ways i just listed it's weird that the way that they don't kill olaf is by him saying maybe not right this second yeah (laughs) yeah it's so glib yeah it's so like 
I mean, it's such a, it's such a like flippant. It feels added on impost to me. Yeah, I same mean, as the flurry. You may as well have like. I mean, I don't want to spoil any other deaths here. Yeah. But all right, I mean, you can edit any spoilers. Oh yeah, out. I will. Even. Yeah. But like. Not right now though. Oh, like he falls off, and then like you know they're running out, and then you just see him climbing out. Yeah. And he's like, oh, <laughs> kids, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that moment where he goes, but not right now, yeah. it kind of reminds me of the cinema release version of Little Shop of Horrors, where yeah. everything builds up to the actual ending, and then they go, but not right now. Yeah. Audrey goes, Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alright, to be honest. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, this is the old, you know, you've sold your soul to Satan here. You need to pay the price for that. But not right now. But not right now. <laughs> yeah. And it feel and the, the reason I bring that one up is that that is literally filmed later and just spliced in. Yeah. And that is not what I'm suggesting happened, but it is what could have been done. It's the sensation. Yeah. That you get, and that's a bad sensation. Yeah. And here's my other thought. Olaf, not dead. Yeah. Very much still in the film, part of the cast. Yeah. Does he do anything ever again? No. No. Well, Yes, but no. Well, what? Does he? He's just sort of there. He doesn't do anything. There's no part of the story that's about him doing a thing and no. that helps anyone. No. So effectively, if he died here, the rest of the film's identical. Yes. This is his death scene. This is his death scene, one way or the other. Yeah. Okay. Move on. <laughs> Let's move on. If we can. Yeah. Um... Now we're in the blizzard. Yeah. We're fighting through the snow. I don't have any notes for this. I guess I was riveted. I wasn't writing anything down. I like the size and heft of the ship that's yeah. falling over as it yeah. comes through the snow. It's a very nicely staged Brilliantly sequence. Done. That you could do on stage, I feel. I agree, but I can't think how, other than like copious use of a smoke machine. Yeah, but I feel like there'd be a way. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really nice scene that really brings all of our main characters together. I was just about to say that. Do you know anything about the Aladdin stage show? Bits. Are you aware that Abu isn't in it? Yes. Yeah, and instead he's replaced with three friends that Alan, Aladdin has. Yes. Alan. <laughs> he called him Alan. Alan. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> That's the localised UK yes. title, because, you know, copyright reasons. Yes. Well, um... <laughs> well, I was just thinking that they may have to... Like, I was thinking it'll be difficult for them to do Sven on stage. Maybe they'll have to do something like that. And then I just realised, it doesn't matter. Yeah. There'll be no difference if they just remove Sven entirely from it. No, no difference whatsoever. <laughs> no difference. Yeah. Um, I think now here's where we have the scene where he doesn't really argue with Sven, but does, but doesn't. Yeah. I would have, just because of rule of three, when you set something up, then call it back. You've got to do it again at the end if you call it back early on like yeah. that. And I feel as if they should have made more of a deal of him talking to Sven to talk out his feelings. But they kind of did. He used yeah. him as a sounding board even if he didn't do the voice. So okay. Also, and the momentum of the scene was going in a different direction at that point. You yes. know, like, that's the finale, basically. Yes. Yes. I mean, obviously, having a scene that ties up a character point of Kristoff in the finale might make it seem like there's a point to Kristoff being in the film. It might. But it, that wasn't the direction they wanted <laughs> to go in. Then they're staggering about in the snow. You've got the big ship falling over. Um... Anything to say about the whole general scene? I mean, this is the pivotal scene and I have no notes on it. We've talked about most of the thematic yeah. ideas that lead up to this scene. Like, this is a scene that is a symptom, not a cause, really. So, like, yeah. really, it's just all about the ending at this point. So, so in that case, I'll just sing its praises because I feel like I haven't done that enough. I thought everything about this scene was good. One of the things that animators can do, that even actors can't do most of the time, except, yeah. like, the best ones, is have a couple of facial expressions take place that explain a lot. 
Yeah. And it's actually one of the reasons that I like to obsess over filmed musicals, uh, either movie versions or just like filmed versions. Yes. Because the best ones do this. They, they cram a lot of details into a single thing. Yeah. And here, a facial expression communicates, I need to wait for this man to run over to me because that will save my life. Yeah. But I need to sacrifice that chance in order to save my sister. Yeah. And everything about that that we didn't already have in our heads is put in our heads by a single shot of her face. Yeah. And that's brilliantly done. It's great. I mean, like, I love the way and the reasons in which they bring all of the characters to this same location. In a way, they don't feel contrived. No. It feels neat and elegant in a way that a lot of the rest of the film has struggled to feel like. Yeah. Every aspect of the ending in terms of, yeah, the sacrifice and the turning to ice and the transformation back, the act of true love healing her, that is all great. Yes. That is all great. And what it represents, obviously, as we said numerous times in terms of this revisitation of the idea of what true love is. I mean, you know, I talked about that five hours ago. Yes. In recording terms. And obviously it's a great pivotal moment. That shows this was a film that had something new to add. Yes, and it kind of shows that Disney is a company that has something new to say. And maybe that might be part of the key to the success of this film. Even within the oldest of old templates. Yeah. You know? So, yep. Absolutely that's, great. And that's I'm, their moment, and they earn it. And I love that, yeah, they earn it, and they allow themselves to feel it by having the sword explode. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. They, they didn't have to do that, but the fact that it's, you know, it, it, in a shot, what it does is it conquers all, and yeah. nobody had to say the words. Yeah. This sword just explodes, there's a big shockwave goes out. Yeah. Fantastic. It is a great Disney moment. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) What's your unfortunately? Mine might be sooner than yours because I don't like something you just mentioned, which is actually the transformation scene back to life again. Actually, yeah, no, you're right. I don't like that very much either. Now, why don't you like that? Just because it's it happens so quickly. Mm -hmm. Everything from that part is of a piece with the end of the film. Uh And the end of the film is they know they've earned their great moment. Yeah. And then it's like it's like you are on stage. And you've delivered an amazing emotional soliloquy. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, thanks, guys. High-fiving the audience. High-five, you know. (laughs) Oh, I nailed that, didn't I? (laughs) All of the kind of emotional pregnancy of that scene and the gravitas and the importance and so forth, it just dissipates so quickly after it happens. The ending of this film is like the ending of episode four of Frozen, the Saturday morning cartoon series. Yeah, well... Pause, because we'll get to the ending in a minute. Yeah. I'm on the transformation still. And well, I mean, is... I'm talking about everything from that point. Well, that's the trouble. Me. It's difficult yeah. to extra- extract it all, isn't it? Yeah. In this transformation scene, these are nitpicks. I basically, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of this, but what I am saying is this is the last time I want to see this. Yeah. What happens in the transformation scene, and call it an homage if you like, is they go through the list of things you have to do in this scene, most of which I'm kind of sick of seeing. Uh-huh. So you have the, it lasts way too long long when we think the person is dead but we know they're not because it's a Disney film thing now I will allow for and even make myself the argument that this may have been the time that it wasn't necessarily going to go back so it's okay that she's a statue for ages and you also need to show the other characters feeling what they need absolutely. to feel absolutely this is part of my problem though when they show what the characters need to feel they do it in a way that I think is outdated and I think it's time to move on from now that we've figured out how to show a lot of more modern and more nuanced feelings I am absolutely sick to the back teeth of the scene where it seems like a character is dead so everyone does an emoji sad face 
then and bows their not. head. Yes. yes. Then they're not, so everyone smiles. I just think that's such an unrealistic response to someone you love coming back from the dead. To yeah. smile. I don't think anyone would ever smile. I don't think anyone would look happy. You would be astonished first. Yes. And You'd be, yes. And run over and check. Yes. There's a, a really bad one of this in, um, and, I, and I won't say for the listeners what it is, but it's... I don't like the way at the end... ...has died. And I think at the end of the film they have like a funeral there or something. And then the second appears and everyone smiles and the smile that one of the characters does is so ridiculously overblown that yeah. it has become a meme i've seen people post that as like a, a silly example of someone over smiling at something and that always bugged me because it should be a quiet or sad or contemplative moment and like if you saw that yeah for some, for a member of your family who had died you wouldn't go <laughs> do you know what i mean well, I'm willing to take that in though. Like, I think there's more of a kind of pronounced sense in that yeah. world that the idea of magic and spiritual yes. things is a real thing. So they would see that and there wouldn't be that moment of holy crap, what no. ah, ah. Well I don't expect I don't it, expect shock from them, but I do expect the point it's on it's like seeing a gravestone. You don't go, Hey, my friend's dead. No, they they immediately know what it means yes. on an emotional level. Yes. They know that it means that he's with yeah, and that, like, his soul persists yes. somehow. I can see why in that world, and with those characters' understanding of the magic of the world, that would immediately register yeah. as, like, oh, actually, brilliant, yeah. you know? So, I'll, so I'll, give, you know? I'll give them and you that. But what it did do is that was the film where I started to notice this. Yeah. And so now, to see it in this, there's a death, it seems. Everyone's yeah. sad. I do not like, at this point, that as I'm trying to have an emotion watching this scene, a snowman waddles in and goes, Ah, oh, no! Yeah. I do not like that. No. Because he shouldn't be there anyway. No, he shouldn't! Again, it just feels so tacked on afterwards. I'm not yeah. saying it is, but it feels like it is. And they must have been aware that that would be... It's like, oh, it's okay, they opened their parachutes. Do you know what I mean? Um, or when you show the people crawling out of the cars in the A team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So something about this scene didn't sit well with me. I, it, I know what you mean. You know? It, it feels, just seemed a bit tropey. Yeah. After we've seen this very refreshingly new take on the preceding scene, the fact that it then follows with the rotest version of this. Yes. Yes, it, that's it, right. It's exactly. jarring. It's jarring. It's, it's cut together from the film we're not naming... Beauty and the Beast transformation scene, yeah, things like that. It's it's sort of going back even further than yeah. that. The Jungle Walk and the you know, yeah. oh yeah, you know, the f uh, that is that what I'm? Do they smile at the end of that? Is that where an example of that? See, my thing about smiling, by the way, if anyone's going like, well, what would you do if someone yeah. you love wasn't dead? Is smiling not appropriate? All I mean is that in that first moment, you'd be having a stronger emotional reaction than that. And weirdly, the only children's film I can think of where this is actually handled in a way that I think is realistic is Hook. <laughs> because when the mother, who didn't go to Neverland, didn't see the adventure, and yeah. just thinks that first her children and then her husband have been kidnapped, yeah. when she gets her children back, she clutches them and just sobs. And I feel like that's the right response. Well, I think also you need to look at this in the unusual context in which it's happening, though. Like, everybody involved in that process 
has been working on the assumption that Anna is going to die. She's going to die very soon unless we do this one thing. Including the viewer. Including the viewer. They're all thinking, right, there's a very small outside chance that if we get to her first, we have one second in which we might be able to avert this. And then you see, oh no, she's given up that one second to help someone else. So I can see why they just, they wouldn't be like going, ah, no, because they've been expecting this for ages. And they had this one shred of hope left. But then it's like, oh, but then she gave it up. There'd be a sense of like, that's just cosmically sad because I understand why she's done that. But ah, I wish I could. Yeah. You know that. And it's you expect that when she sacrifices herself, there's a. Even though they, they don't say this, so perhaps I'm being silly, but I almost felt in that moment as if because that was an act of true love that she was doing for Elsa. Yeah. Elsa could be the only recipient of the whatever result of that would be. Yeah. So I don't think I went. Oh, that I went. Oh, that was an act of true love. Brilliant. But I didn't go. So she'll be fine. I yeah. thought that that was it. So. The fact that the act of true love generally cancels out badness, I guess, is, yeah. is something of a twist in itself. Yeah, like you say, it, it, it's it's a great moment followed by a middling moment. Yeah, and that's a disappointment. Fortunately, there are more middling moments to come, so it's not it's not in and such a bad context. And here we are. We're nearly at the end now. We might wrap this up before eight hours. Oh my god, really? Yeah. So love. Badoof and everything works. Badoof. Badoof. That's yes. The, the Pokemon. Yes. Okay. I don't remember that. Love. Wobbuffet. <laughs> <laughs> I first time I saw it, I just didn't understand what was happening here. This is. Yeah. We've had a whole film of her saying "I can't." That phrase "I can't" over and over again. Yeah. Oh wait. And the, and it's not oh wait I can by using love. They yeah. don't hug and it all comes back to life. She just goes love. And the magic just goes away. Yeah. Or the ice goes away. Exactly. It's like, explain, you know, going back to the frozen virtual reality experience that I'm talking about. I'd be like, Elsa, explain mechanically what you've just done. What was that? (laughs) Yes. But the thing is, normally we would, I think we would both agree that that's a silly level to be at. But here I don't think it is. The story gets to a point, but forgets to resolve the fact that she doesn't have summer power. Yeah. And then she goes, "Mm." and now she's got summer power. Yeah. I now I think I know what they're doing. I she's spent her whole life afraid and closed off. Yeah. She believes she doesn't have access to warmth power as well as ice power, but we don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. All we know is that like, you know, certainly she might have retract the ice power power. I think that's what it's supposed to yeah, be. It's still it? controlling the ice power, it's yeah. just bringing it in. Yeah. Here I believe this is she realizes she had closed herself off to any love loving approach. Yes, of course. Yeah. She she closed the door. The yeah. love was trying to get in and she didn't let it. Yeah. Meaning love is the one thing she's never let in and tried. Yeah. And it turns out to be the secret. And so now if she lets it in, she yeah. has the anti ice power. In other words, yeah. No, don't finish off. She shouldn't have said love, she should have said feel. Yeah. Then I would have understood everything. Yes. All the way through she's been saying don't feel. Yeah. If now she said feel and everything went right. Exactly. No like, confusion. 
That's the thing, because all of her outbursts of ice power that she couldn't control were coming from her emotionally stifling herself. Yeah. She thought that she had freed up all of the things that she'd been stifling when she sings Let It Go. Yes. But she slams the door. Yes. As well. She doesn't realise there is one part of herself that she is still stifling. Yes. So I guess from that perspective, love. Yeah. Love. Yeah. So that makes sense on that level. But I think that's what it is. Yeah. And it is great. It works brilliantly. And all of those little clues in Let It Go that we were talking about, the slamming the door, it all works great. But I was so not informed of that. When I watched the film. Yeah. If they'd have just said love and... If they made some reference to feel and said love. Or if they hugged and then the magic spread out that way. Or, you know? Yeah. Instead of just, oh, I know love. (laughs) Love. Love. And because it was that word, said in that tone... Yeah. It comes across as like a weird... Cliche. Hippie cliche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or fairy tale cliche. Well, all right. But I would would allow that if that was all it was. Like, I'm happy with fairy tale cliches in Disney. I'd defend that. Not in the... Not at the end of this one. And if they... No, and not not without being justified. All the other times in Disney when they've gone, you need to love... There, it's never been. It is like you were talking about this earlier. People are quick to criticize Disney films by taking one bit out and going, "Look, yeah. like, maybe like I did." But usually, if you look at the film, the thing is actually justified in some way. Yeah. And here, it it, it was if you really, really like. Yeah. If you're a film paleontologist and you really rake through all of the rubble that you, you were talking about, you shouldn't need to. No. Be. So, fine. <laughs> Fine at best. My next note is called Weird Ending. Yes. Even though I like most of the back end of the film, it ends weird. Yes. First off, Anna goes up to Hans and says, The only fool I see is you. He didn't, she doesn't say fool. No, but Esmeralda does. And it was right. a bad line. And it's a bad line now. Yeah. It's always made me cringe. Okay, I was about 14 when Hunchback came out, but like, The only I see... Pause. What's she gonna say? We know what she's gonna say. Get on with it. Is you, lol? <laughs> she does say, um, what is it? Like, the only frozen heart around here yeah. is yours. And, yeah. then, and then she punches him. And, okay, alright, that's not the best way of dealing with your problems. But, okay. we it, it Honestly, gives us, he's warranted something. It gives us a We kind of go like, hooray, yeah, cool. We In that moment, we're like, yeah. But why does anyone else? We cut... To a, a balcony full of delegates from different countries around the world. Yeah. All of whom have, up till this point, seen Hans be the most wonderful ruler, handing out blankets to everyone. <laughs> They've seen him... His plan, which he outlines to us, is yeah. that when they think that Elsa is dead, or when... Uh, sorry, Anna is dead, and when she is dead... Yeah. He will be the hero who saved the kingdom. Yeah. That our belief in him as a villain hinges on the, the I think, reasonable prediction. Yeah. That if the Snow Queen had killed the princess... Yeah. And Hans went and... Sorted out. Gaston-style killed yeah. the beast. Yes. He would come back a hero. Instead, they see Anna, who, as far as they're concerned, he has miraculously brought back alive as well. Yeah. As well as the Queen. Yeah. He should be this enormous hero. Instead, he gets punched in the face and everyone up on the balcony goes, Ha ha ha, fantastico. <laughs> That's what the guy actually says. Yeah, I know, I know. Ha ha ha, fantastico. Why? Maybe he reacts like that to everything. <laughs> Maybe. In which case, I want to see a spin-off of him. They don't know he's a bad guy. No, they don't. They don't. I 
What are they doing here, Disney? What are you doing? They're not... No, they've not explained that at all. Like I said... The hero who saved Arendelle from Eternal Winter. Yeah. Punch in the face. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Fantastical. Fantastical. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I don't like any aspect of how Hans is dealt with in this film. He's dealt with like he is a comedy rapscallion. Yeah, that, yeah he's, he's then thrown into a cell and his face goes in a bucket. Yep. Which uh, I took the implication that it might be a toilet bucket. Yeah. Even then, that's not bad enough. No! There are villains who have done much less bad things, like, or have demonstrated much less deep-seated, terrifying personal yeah. traits than Hans, yeah. who have got off much worse oh, yeah. than he does. Yeah. Much, 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 much worse. Nothing happens to Hans. Like, Disney are actually, at this point, getting a bit weird about how happy they are to kill villains. Yes. And this is the one they don't kill? Yeah. I feel like even Gaston could have been rehabilitated quite easily. I feel like there are a lot of Disney villains that, like, didn't need to die. No. No. But, you know, that that's the way these things are. But, so, given that that's the way these things are, if one doesn't die, you have to think, oh, why didn't this one die? Yeah. Maybe there's something about him. Yeah. And you look at Hans like, no, 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 there's nothing about him. He's horrible. He's, he's maybe one of the worst, based on what you've actually let us know about him in the what end. What he is, is at large. That's what he is. Yes. There's no way those guards are keeping that hunk in there for more than a couple <laughs> of minutes. He's going to be so charming to them. Yeah. He's going to be straight out the door. Exactly. It's an open door. Yes. Prison is an open door. Yeah. For him. For him, yeah. I don't think this is the first time he's done this. No, probably not. As I say, he is picked up on in Frozen Fever. Yeah. And he is not at large, but he is also not in a position where he is tremendously disadvantaged. Yeah, he's not in solitary. No, exactly. I will actually be very interested to see what they try and do with him in a sequel. Yeah. Because they're bound to bring him back. Oh, yeah. They gave him a little role in the Frozen Fever short. They brought back the original, you know, the voice actor yeah. to do the part, even though all he has to say in Frozen Fever is, ah! Basically. <laughs> Clearly, they see Hans as part of the Frozen family. Yeah. It's like, so what are you going to do with him? Huh. Right, we're nearly at the end. Yeah. Next, there is a sudden and completely unexpected jab to the feelings when the little spat between Olaf and the reindeer appears to end with the reindeer eating his carrot nose. <laughs> it seems like a gag, and you think he'll just grab another one from the nearest stall, but instead, Olaf just completely flops and gives up on life. <laughs> He just stops living and happiness vanishes from the universe and it's incredible. And then it's gone. He just gives him back his nose. And holy crap, suddenly I've been through a huge emotional journey <laughs> that I did not sign up for. But instead we're supposed to think everything's fine. But everything's fine. Don't feel. <laughs> like we're meant to play off the fact that Olaf had to live through a moment where he thought he had been permanently mutilated and disfigured. It, have you seen... Do you know the bit I mean? Um, let me, yeah. Let me show you, because it's not like... I mean, I don't remember it being a moment of... It's it, a horrible astonishing, astonishing emotional devastation. It's extremely sad. Because what you think... Like, what you want is for, like, him to do a DreamWorks face or a bit of snark. But instead, it just completely ends his will to live. Watch this. Okay. <laughs> And that's it. 
He would have been like that for the rest of his life <laughs> if that hadn't been given back. That's honestly, I think, one of the more sad Disney moments that exists. Because, like, they'd forgotten to really play up the, the thing between them where the reindeer wants the carrot. Yeah. Like, it's in it earlier. Yeah. But it never became the feud that the teaser trailer suggested it would be. No. So it was this weird moment for me where it was just like, oh, the thing he loves most in the world has just been eaten. And he's not annoyed. Yeah. He's just sad. He's just, he's just crushed. It's gone. It's gone. And he... with it, I am gone. <laughs> I don't like that shot. I really don't. It's, no. It's a stab to the gut. It's too much. <laughs> too soon. Okay, we're at the ending now. This is like my last note. Yeah. I know. Before you, you die. Yeah. <laughs> I get that they need to show Elsa able to control her powers in moderation. Yeah. But her little trick at the end just didn't work for me for these reasons. Okay. One, I do not buy... That the people of Arendelle would be like, hooray, this is fun. Hooray, snow and ice. Hooray. <laughs> I think they'd be traumatised by snow and ice and would want to keep as far away from it as possible. Well, I don't think that because... Look, <laughs> if they had been into in, in Eternal Winter for like two years... Yes. Then yes. Yes. But it's been like a day. Okay. Number two. Right. And this is a great excuse for why they're not traumatised by ice, right? Yeah. Ice is beautiful. We've yeah. been told this all the way through. One of the first things in the films, there is beauty in it. Yeah. The first thing in the film, the Frozen Heart song. Ice is beautiful. We've been shown this throughout, especially if we're watching it in 3D. Yeah. So why wasn't this the point in the film where she makes her most beautiful ice stuff? Well, right? Like ice dudes. <laughs> like some really beautiful ice dudes. That's part of it. She could have done that. And like then the last 30... Well, minutes of the film could have just been these beautiful ice dudes flexing. Yeah, you know? could have been. Um, is that, that's what you're getting at, right? This is what I'm getting at. <laughs> All she does is cover the roof in ice and put a snowflake on top of the castle and she freezes two fountains. It is the least awesome looking ice trick she does in the whole film. This is the last shot. Why wasn't it stunning? I don't know. Maybe she, maybe she thought it was perfectly nice looking. <laughs> Screw her. I'm talking about Disney. This is, no, this is the least interesting shot of ice in the whole film. And it's the finale. And then, as I'm reeling from that, yeah. as we're panning up, we see the... All right, let's call it Beautiful Kingdom. Like, it's the last moment. Everything's triumphant. We hear, as we've alluded to many times, an instrumental of... Do you want to build a snowman? Instead of a song. Instead of the song, do you want to build a snowman? They or any song. Showing us yeah. that they know it needs to be there. Yeah. Showing us, and even if they didn't go as far as to pick out all that stuff that we came up with earlier about how, like, you need to finish off the phrase, you need to close it with the, it opened with that, and you need to close that. Yeah. What they know is that there should be music here. Yeah. And they have, for whatever reason, picked that as the music that should go here. Yeah. So it, make it a song. Who's gonna... Who did they not make it a song for? <laughs> who, when they were doing this, and they were like, well, we're making a musical, should we have... Because they'll have thought it. Should yeah, yeah. we have the now we can thing? This <laughs> is the end. They would have thought of doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved that ending of that, of that film. Now we can thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they will have considered... Bringing in the choir yeah. to sing, I don't know. Now we can think. Now we is, can think. This is the end. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this is this is what talking for eight hours about <laughs> one Disney film will do to you. Yeah. They knew a song needed to go there. And yes. they 
deliberately didn't put one there. Yeah. Presumably because they thought that it would alienate someone or something. A decision was made. Look, at least with Tangled, yeah. they doubled down and went full on with her. Look, we're not going to end this with a song. Exactly. We're going to end this with a sarcastic comment. Exactly. It feels like the same decision made here. I mean, but they, they were didn't do frigging it. wrong then. <laughs> but here, it's almost like they're even wronger. Because they, they haven't put anything there, good or bad. No. They've... T- just pan out. They just half did something. Yeah. And that's horrible. And like, I ref- you know, if like, I refer you to exhibit frigging A. Yeah. The Princess of the Frog. Yeah. Which has a beautiful, that beautiful ending. That is the ending most that- they've ever nailed, that one. Yeah. Oh. That ending makes me cry because of because of quality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not because of any specific emotion I'm yeah. being made to feel by the ending itself. I mean, yeah, it's a great e- emotional yeah. ending. But when I tear up because of that ending, it's because of awesomeness. Yeah. It's because of how amazingly that completes the musical thought of that film. There is a feeling that those of us who've watched a lot of musicals, and I don't mean necessarily like in the theatre, but just like in any format have where we do feel this weird welling of like oh you did that perfectly yeah and that does that yeah yeah you know i don't know why that i don't know why i equate that with musicals but that's where i always i get that like when i i think it's because all the different mediums are involved at once and they have to crystallize in a perfect moment my usual reaction to an amazing piece of performance in a musical is just like like a fist pump yeah you know just a sort of like yes yeah that was so good you nailed that yeah i I mean the princess and the frog is like all of that yeah the ending of that yeah i like i mean that's why i always pick on the ending of tangled because tangled should have done that too but they went down the sarcastic shrecky route for some reason and that's very disappointing yeah here it's just like it's just a wishy-washy wet Yeah. Of an ending. I mean, it's a nicely arranged version, instrumental version sure. of, like, do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, but, of course it is. But, but why isn't there a, why isn't there a song at the end of the, uh, the defining musical yeah. of Disney of the last there never, years? There never will be. That's a film now. Unless they, you know, do a human again on it and put something from the musical in, which I actually really hope they do. Yeah, I know, right? Then, because the musical, the stage musical, Has- will solve oh, it. Oh, Imagine if they don't. I mean, if they're just curtained down yeah. after Fixer Upper. <laughs> <laughs> or like, if they don't and just do it as a drama after that, but then that, as a result, the, the CD, the cast recording just stops. <laughs> Fixer Upper. Oh, God. Like two thirds of the way through the story. Yeah, so obviously there will be no option but for them yeah. to write a ton of songs for the second half of the film. Like Great. they should have done the yeah. first time. And there'll be no hiding the fact that they should have done it the first time. Yeah, exactly. It, everyone will... Wa- I have this experience, by the way, with um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. After you see the stage show, you watch the film and you go, there's only five songs in this. What's, yeah, yeah. Where the hell are going they? on? Yeah. yeah, now luckily with Beauty and the Beast, they... Just like when you watch The Lion King now, it's like, where's the morning report? <laughs> no, that's... I've, that's that's there. That's fine. We're okay. No, it's not. <laughs> but there are bits. I sort of wonder if the, the oh, yeah. no, madness um, of King Scar might have been quite good in there. Or um, what's a face's song yeah. about the stuff? You know, like what's a face's song about the stuff? What is it? Now we can think. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, right? I know what you mean. Nala's song about like going uh, and having to do the thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, about now it being the thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
so there are moments like that where, but in Frozen, Frozen is going to feel stupid to a child yeah. who's just come home yeah. from the stage version. Yeah. They're going to watch it and go like, hang on, this is weird now. And to any right thinking person, honestly, like, if they do it properly, then you will, yeah, as you say, you'll go to it and realise, oh crap, that's how the film was broken. I mean, and, I, and maybe I'm going too far by saying a child will watch a stage musical and then come home and then disparage the film that they have. But what I do mean is, that kid's soundtrack from, like, the OCR from the stage musical will be the real version. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna, and that's always gonna be weird because it won't be Adina Menzel. No, unless it is. I want it to be, but I don't... I mean, I don't know how old she is, but I'm guessing she's... Uh, yeah. I mean, she can still do it. It's not like she's going to look If old. they offered her the opportunity to do it, like she oh. would 100% do it. Well, I hope they do. Yeah, but maybe they won't. But it won't. They won't. No, I, I bet it won't be her. So... Oh, maybe they can do at least like a an album of it. Do you know, I've always said they should do that with Beauty and the Beast. I was mm. so disappointed when Jerry Orbach died because I always had this little candle in my heart hoping that they would... Nice. Record, thank you. <laughs> Hoping that they would record the stage musical with the original cast. Yeah I, yeah. I saw no reason not to do it, except that, like, the Beast is now a more demanding part. Really. Oh, really? Okay. So, well, you couldn't get that same voice to do the Beast's big uh, okay, song. Yeah, that, now that that doesn't run anymore, maybe I should lend you that to listen to, because they haven't changed the story and it's just a fascinating mm -hmm, thing. Yeah. But anyway, I was just going to tell you that they've actually done this for Hunchback. Oh, yeah. The, um, yeah, the, we've all been waiting for the stage version of Hunchback. They've been doing it in Germany for goodness knows how long. Yeah. And it was written in English and oh, translated okay. to German, even though they knew they were going to do it there, so that it could eventually come to Broadway. Yeah. Nobody's interested in that. Yeah. So they opened it. who the hell likes Hunchback of Notre Dame? So they opened, yeah, other than sensible, oh, cool people. Yeah, exactly. So they, the nos, yeah. so they opened it off Broadway and that's it. It's not going to Broadway. There is no Hunchback musical. Okay. So, because of the, just injustice of this, they recorded a studio album of the show. With the movie cast? No. I don't know with what cast. Well, I mean, of course, Tony Jay's dead anyway. But, I don't oh, yeah. know. I, I don't know who the cast is. Whether it was the cast of the stage version that they did do or not, I don't yeah. know. But apparently, it just wipes the floor with the movie soundtrack. It's amazing. Apparently, this this, okay, this right. record. I'll have to have a listen to that. Uh, yeah. Basically, I've been on the edge of buying it for ages. And I'm yeah. about to tip over that edge. Hello, editor Dave here. I bought it. Uh, it is, as reported, really good and something all fans of Disney's Hunchback should definitely own. Uh, it is the stage cast, as far as I can tell, and they're super duper, very very good yes including and perhaps especially the frollo so get it uh however it was slightly overshadowed um because i also bought my copy of hamilton that same day so like really i should probably listen to hunchback some more with frozen though frozen is big enough that surely there'd be a market for that oh there's what do you mean there's i uh, don't imagine i'm questioning that that'll be on broadway a cast a oh movie i see cast recording album uh, yeah and they like could do it it, it wouldn't be a neat like for so our hunchback. That's gonna be a niche collect Disney yeah. Disney files yeah. will buy that. If they did that with the Frozen show, everyone yeah. will buy that. Yeah, it would basically be the Frozen extended edition. Yeah, album. Absolutely. That's if there's any part of me that's not responding in the positive to this, it's because I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course they should do that. And with other ones, I've, I've just alluded to the fact that in Beauty and the Beast, the Beast has the close of Act One solo. Right. Ah, oh, it's. They have this whole castle set that's on stage at all times. The whole castle is always there. Yeah. The West Wing is this one tower in the corner. When it came to the end of Act 1, they just drew the whole castle back apart from that tower, spun it slowly round as it went to the front of the stage yeah. and had him come out on a balcony and be like, Bah! It was amazing. Was that the song? Bah! <laughs> now I can think! <laughs> <laughs> that was what it was. <laughs> but... 
I doubt the guy who played him in the film could sing that. I see, okay. And there are other examples in of like Disney film turned stage musical where I doubt the cast could do it. Frozen no such is, no, reservations exactly. in the case of the Frozen cast. Yeah. They all sing at full pelt in They're this film. They're all Broadway people, by They're, the way. There we go. With the exception of, like, Kristen Bell. I Whatever, suppose, she's but, great in it. But she's great. Yeah. So fine. So I'm, I'm guessing the case with her is that the only reason she's not a Broadway person is that she went into TV instead. Yeah, she's Veronica like, Mars. Yeah, right? she's, yeah, but she's trained. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could step onto Broadway any day she wants. Yeah. Imagine if they just went the whole way yeah. and just cast the original cast for the stage well yeah like there's not like they'd have to invent a new currency for yeah. the rest of us to live yeah. on <laughs> yeah basically yeah yeah they cast the actual Jafar as Jafar in the Aladdin stage musical that's so far one of the best things I'm aware of having happened in human history if they cast the the cat like Three or more people, one or more, but three or more would be amazing. Yeah. If they got all of them in, and why not? Just why not? I don't know. I Which don't... of them wouldn't at least do a couple of months? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, what, Santino Fontana's schedule is too busy, is it? Sorry, which one's that? Hans. He was so good in Love is an Open Door. Yeah, exactly. I'd love for that to happen. I'm not meaning to disparage Santino Fontana. No, I'm, I mean to say I'm now a fan of him. I just didn't yeah. know who he was. <laughs> Jonathan Groff, guy who may or may not have been on Glee, but probably should have been on Glee if he wasn't on Glee. Is he going to say no to being Christoph for a few hours a day? You know what else is anyone asking of him? <laughs> yeah. Editor Dave again. Hi. Uh, have I mentioned that this was just before we found out about Hamilton? <laughs> I, I know. I didn't expect to have to mention it that many times in this either. <laughs> Bye. Let me see if there's... Oh, my phone battery's run out from reading these notes. <laughs> Let me see if there's anything else. Uh, I have something here called Afterthought, so I'm fairly sure it's short. I wish there was some way Anna could have kept the white streak, because it was definitely her best model. I yeah. like the white streak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Olaf's personal flurry seems like a first idea to me. It's, there was <laughs> never a point in the film where he said he wanted a personal flurry. Yeah. And who calls it a flurry? I don't know. Elsa could have done any magic thing to keep him alive. Yeah. And they went with a little cloud over his head. Like, the, unfortunately, and maybe this is the reason, yeah. the first thing I think of is to give him a magic glowing heart that's always a heart of ice and keeps him alive, which kind of undermines the theme, really, doesn't it? Of ice hearts being yeah. bad. Yeah. Or a muscle body. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, she You couldn't... know, when she creates all the buff dudes... Yes. She creates him with a buff dude yes. body. You know, perfect. It works so well thematically. I have one final note, and look, it's only a paragraph, and it okay. says, but... Wow, For concise. any criticism I have, right, yeah. there is a but. This could be the first Disney princess film where the heroine doesn't feel like she needs to or actually get hitched by the end, ending up in a relationship that's a happily ever after relationship, whether married or not. Do you mean, um, fairy tale Disney? Well, I guess. Yeah. And in those cases, it's usually explicitly said that this happens before she turns 21, or when she turns 21. And that basically trumps a lot of my complaints that I may have. The fact that yeah. that is the most popular Disney movie ever yes. is a good thing, yeah. whatever I might think about hand-drawn animation being good, or Howard Ashman, of course, or any of it. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, their, their marriage fixation is a thing. Marriage fixation, and also just like, even if you take away the ones where they actually get married, which is actually a surprisingly small number of them, yeah. there is always a fixation on like, the young must meet their soulmate. At a young age. At a young age, and that is happy. That is the happiness. Yeah, and that's like, I, I think this is a point that I've raised. The idea that love is 
You are young. You meet your significant other. You marry them. That is love. And the point at which you decide that you will become a couple and have a relationship together, that is the point at which you have won yeah. love. Yeah. Love is at that point yours yeah. and over to a certain degree. And Frozen explores a number of different things that aren't that and that are around that. And I never thought of it before, and it's silly of me because it's so obviously spelled out, but this is love is an open door. Yeah. In the sense, not just of like, it's no, like, as Anna means, oh, a door closed on me my whole life, but love will be an open door. But there's a sense of like, love is a, a wider topic than you might think. Yeah. There's another way of looking at it. And, and it I'm, actually does mean that Disney have some wiggle room to make future films about love now that it's an open door. Yeah. You mean within the Frozen franchise? No, I mean anywhere. I mean, yeah. up until now, Disney've had a very rigid idea of what love is. Yeah. Then here's a film whose thing is saying what love is and that it can be more than just a girl and boy meet and then decide that they will become and a couple kiss. and yeah. have a um, And the next time they have love in a film, yeah. we're going to be watching with scrutiny because yes. they've done that, but they've set up this, it's an open door, it's a wide topic. Yes. We can explore it in a number of ways. Oh, yeah. And if anyone ever forgets, in the same way that, like, in the build-up to Ghostbusters, there is a lot of guys right now who seem to have forgotten that they just really liked a Star Wars film starring a woman. Yes. If anyone ever forgets that they really liked a non-boy and a girl kissing movie love depiction in a Disney film they can just point to no it's an open door now yeah we told you <laughs> exactly and it's not like Frozen precludes the boy and girl meet kiss nope. get married nope. thing because it, it's I mean in like, it. it's in it it is in it and okay Anna and Kristoff don't get married no but there's a number of different ways in which they can go from and, this point and you know? the kiss in a Disney film is the wedding it's it's roughly the same thing yeah and the fact that she almost says I do to him just before they have their kiss yeah but, but either way it's given us that open door and they will be able to add or, indeed, subtract texture from yeah. that by making Frozen 2. Mm -hmm. Which is an unprecedented move. Yeah. And, like, a move that not, you know... <clears throat> It wasn't given enough credit at the time for being as unprecedented as it was because most people who write about the film industry don't study their Disney history well enough. Yeah, yeah, they all said, oh, it was inevitable. It's an it's... inevitable thing. Oh, of course there's yeah. going to be a Frozen But two. it's never happened before. It's literally never happened. Except in the straight-to-video thing, but that was a separate thing. That was a separate thing, and a thing considered to be a bad thing and closed by the person who's currently in charge of Disney. Yes. Basically. This and is... I, I'll admit to having rolled my eyes at the time, and I think that the news was... At about a comparatively similar time to when we found out they were doing a Toy Story 4, after all. And I think it. For sure. I think it sort of hit the same nerve. And I was like, oh, here we go. But now I'm interested maybe, in the Maybe of ways. not here we go. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Like maybe, maybe. Because this time they'll put tangled levels of attention into this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is going to be the first time we see a sequel to a Disney film treated with the level oh. of importance that this is going to be treated. It must be better than the first one. They yeah. know it must. And honestly, they have an absolutely unique challenge here. They've never done this before, and therefore we have no idea what it's going to look like when some, they do it. Someone is going to be saying, Return to Neverland, and some other thing. Bambi 2, was that ever in the cinema? No, but all of those films, The Jungle Book 2. Yeah, oh, was that in the cinema? Briefly. Oh god, it, sorry, you, you tell me this over and over again, and every time it comes as a shock to me, I always forget. 
an unpleasant shock, yeah. yeah. But, but those were designed for straight-to-video. Ah. And then they were like, yeah, go on. Right, okay. we'll, we'll put that, we'll give that one a bit of oh, screening. Okay. But those were right. definitely... So, so this then is the first time from day one, other than, like, Rescuers Down Under, but that was a different thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely the first one where it's like, okay, the first one was a big hit a few years ago, yeah. so let's make a sequel. Yeah. That they have never done before. And who knows what that's going to look like. I just, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be really good because Disney are good now. Yes, they are. Right now, they know what they're doing. They're at the, possibly at the top of their game. Near two, yeah. There's no part of me anymore that doesn't think of this as a second renaissance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is it. I, if I had any doubts about that, then I saw Zootopia. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, there was a time when, like, I thought Princess and the Frog was it, and then the public didn't respond, but yeah. I now still... Oh, that's definitely that part of it, yeah. Tangled, I thought, here we go. If they can keep this up, this yeah. is a Disney renaissance, but they might not. Yeah. But they did. They've kept it up now for, like... And we've had a, we've had a couple of films that they don't light up the entire world, but... They don't still all need it. to, you know? Yeah, and, they, and none of them constitute a fall-off in quality no. the way Pocahontas did. No, exactly. Okay, Winnie the Pooh, Big Hero 6 are not world beaters, but no. they're good! Yeah, they are both good, good. good films. Very, very good. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh is good. I think Big Hero 6 is very good. And uh, I would put those two on a level, honestly. Yeah. And I think then I Zootopia, like Zootopia very, very good. Yes. Yeah. I would I think I like Winnie the Pooh slightly more than you do and Big Hero 6 slightly less than you do. Right. But very good films. And like I said, Zootopia is, I think at least, and most people seem to think <laughs> everyone seems to agree. Batting about as high as they've ever done. Yeah. And so Do the kids like Zootopia the way they like Frozen? Um I mean, it's not proving to be the phenomenon. I suppose it's difficult to measure because a number of the ways in which we know Frozen is what it is yeah. is because of dresses being bought. And yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it ties entirely in with the Disney princess line and the you can be this person line. Yes. Of thinking, as it were. I think we'll need to see over time yeah. what Zootopia stays in that regard is. I mean, it is the third highest grossing Disney um, film ever at this point. What's the second? Lion King. Of course. Well, Lion King got a big boost from the 3D re-release yes. uh, the, a few years ago, which was a very, very big success for yeah. them. And really good. And we, really, we, really we good. We saw that and like, I just couldn't believe how well it translated. How 3D it was. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, Zootopia is doing very, very, very well for itself good. and could approach a billion depending on how well it does in Japan. And that would mark it out as one of the biggest animated hits of all time, but it's difficult. There is still a difference between that and Frozen. Yes. Frozen is now a permanent staple yes. of global culture. Yes. Like The Lion King is. And there are very few Disney films that reach that. Yeah, really. very few. Yeah, even within the storied history of yeah. Disney, yeah. there's not many that as, I would as say. we discovered when we set out to watch the animated classics, and we felt like it would be a straight run of recognizable Bambies and Snow Whites and Cinderellas and Sleeping Beauties, and what we found was actually quite a lot that there was there was a number in there that we'd never heard of. Yeah, and even the ones we've heard of, they are not world setting on fire kind of films. Yeah, those don't come along very often. No. And Frozen is one. We'll have to see what they do as it goes forward. Because yes, I don't even think that. Frozen 2 will be the end of what we hear about Frozen. No. So, let's hope they do a good job. I mean, I assume, I think I've heard this, but if not, then I'm going to assume anyway, that there will be a Frozen wing of Disney World before long. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, you know, they're doing a sequel, they're doing a Broadway production. Yeah. The Empire will continue yeah. to build, I'm sure. And I'm very curious to see what they continue to do with it artistically above everything else. Because, like I said, they have a really, really unique opportunity here to build some kind of dynasty upon this. Here's what I will say. If they ever build another Disney theme park, it will be Elsa's castle at the centre of it. 
Yeah. And not Cinderella's. Yeah, yeah, well, what's our a fairly bland castle with a single snowflake on the top of no, it? No! The good one! <laughs> the ice castle! With, like, buff snow dudes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sold! <laughs> okay, I think we might have finished. <laughs> I think we might have finished, John! Oh, I, uh. I thought that we wouldn't get past eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, edited down, it'll hopefully be just under eight hours of podcast. Yes. I don't think this is a podcast now. What is this? Um, I sort of... A psychotic break? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out if government torture is used. <laughs> you could. If you played this at a high enough volume, yeah. you could make this a form yeah. of torture. Maybe this is illegal. Maybe. Maybe this will be outlawed by the Geneva Convention. Well, hopefully. But until then, we'll just have to call it a podcast. <laughs> so, if you, you know, if you've got eight hours of your day, yeah. who has eight hours of their day to listen to this? Well, I've listened to eight hours of podcasts. Not in a single day, mind you. Yeah, I, okay. It's a thing people do. Okay. It's a thing people do. I'm not going to make anyone listen to it. Anyone who wants, anyone who gets this far will be like someone who's really interested in people talking about Frozen, and I'm sure someone like that exists. Well, they'll have died like probably about three, four hours ago. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully not, but no. I wouldn't blame you. I don't think people deprive themselves of like food and sleep and stuff while they listen to podcasts. What they do is <laughs> they put it on, on on the bus on the way to work. But they'd have to stay on the bus. No, no, no. <laughs> iPods keep track of where you were when you last listened to it. They save the place. But I like to listen to a podcast all in one go. Well, that's your own silly fault then. I can't listen. I, I can never listen to this. No. I'd die. <laughs> because I listen to these at the gym. I would have to keep exercising yeah. for eight and a half hours. I'd have to be on the treadmill for eight and a half hours. That's why I'm saying yeah. maybe someone with a similar habit to me will have died. I don't think they will. I think they'll have got incredibly buff. <laughs> In which case, great. Yeah. I'm glad we could help. Yeah. I'm glad we could help. So, do you want to build a body? <laughs> uh, you know, I think that now is the thing. This is the end. <laughs> I do think that this is the end. Okay. Of this. Now it's now we can think. Now we can think. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't even remember our own in-jokes anymore. I know. Well, that's because they happened hours ago. <laughs> All right, let's serenade them out. Now we can and think. This, this is, is the, the end. end. There. We've reached the end of Frozen! If you've enjoyed this podcast series and would like it to survive into further episodes, then there's one thing you can do to ensure that happens, and that's to go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called now and give us five stars and a lovely review, because that is how the metrics work and how podcasts survive. But what if you didn't enjoy it? If we annoyed you by griping about a film or aspects of a film that you love, which can happen when you're viewing a perfectly good film down a microscope this way, please do get in touch at seriousdisness at gmail.com or seriousdisness on Twitter, because in future episodes we do intend to read out listener letters. FUTURE EPISODES?! What else is there to say? Well, this whole thing began because we, me and Jahan, tend to have long conversations about animated films anyway, and we were wondering whether recording them was a thing we could do. And it turns out, yes, it is a thing we can do. So, Frozen is dealt with, for now. But there are so many other animated films out there, several of which we actively love, several of which we could yell about for hours. We'll get to them. 
But the plan is to begin with a number of films I've been deliberately putting off watching, but which Jahan finds fascinating. You'll hear about it soon. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions for films you'd like us to cover, or even the slightest comments, corrections or refutations regarding our Frozen chat, those contacts again are SeriousDisness on Twitter, or to be unfettered by character limits, SeriousDisness at gmail.com. Don't feel silly about contacting us. Cartoons aren't silly. They're serious business. Do you honor King Christoph to be your trollfully wedded? What? Here's what? the finale. <laughs> End. Yep. That's the End. music of Frozen. Ha ha ha.